Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and how to navigate the ups and the downs of our increasingly squiggly careers with that little bit more confidence and control. And before we get started on this week's topic, we just wanted to say a little something about our new book coming out, You Coach You, which you probably can't miss if you follow us on Instagram or listen to the podcast regularly. So it comes out on the 13th of January. And if you are thinking about buying You Coach You, which is really, it's it's a book designed to be a bit of a go-to guide for overcoming career challenges and conundrums, your kind of first place that you go to when you want to be able to help yourself and if that sounds like something that you think you might need we would really appreciate you pre-ordering the book you might hear authors talk about pre-ordering and wonder like why is that so important (laughs) and the reason it's important is it helps us to get the book out into the world really quickly because it means it shows up in like Amazon lists and it gets featured and people start sharing it and it helps you to make quite a lot of quick progress with the book which is really important given how many books are published and also how many how many books come out in January So if you are thinking about buying it, if you think it would be helpful, we would massively appreciate you pre-ordering it from wherever you get your books. And I think through most places when you pre-order, you don't actually pay until the book arrives. That's true. And I think that's part of the problem, isn't it, with pre-ordering? I know that I was even talking to someone last week who had listened to the podcast every week for three years and she was like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to buy it, but I'll just buy it so I can get it the next day because we get so used to that instant gratification, I think, with books. And then when I explained to her, I was like, oh, it really helps us, though, if you could pre-order, but don't worry, you don't have to pay, and then you'll still get it super quickly. She was like, oh, okay. And then I literally obviously made her do it right there and then as I was watching. <laughs> she was like, I thought this was like a relaxed coffee. I was like, I mean, well, it was, but then you just told me you haven't pre-ordered the book. I feel like that might be my sales strategy, just to go around everywhere in the UK and just be like, oh, could you just order it for me? Click buy now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but thank you, because we know lots of people already have, but we do really appreciate it. So today's topic, we're going to talk about one-to-ones. So very much from the perspective of you having a one-to-one with your manager, but we also know that lots of you will be managers as well. So we are going to finish the episode with some useful questions for managers to ask as part of one-to-ones. But really our focus for today is is you having a one-to-one with your manager, how to prepare for them, how to make the most of them, how to make sure those conversations are just really useful for you. I feel like we need a jingle here, Sarah, because this was a 
Jingle. Listener request. Jingle. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that then. But I was actually going to start request. singing because that's going to make me cringe. Well, I don't, we need, maybe we need a little tune for like a listener request because uh, uh, we got this it? on Instagram and um, actually it's really helpful because Sarah and I are sometimes like, what feels really relevant for people right now as a topic? And I think just as we were asking ourselves that question, someone messaged us saying it would be really helpful if you could cover one-to-one. So so we are. Well, also, we I was adamant that we'd done it. And so I was then, I was looking back at it, I was doing searches, I made you triple check because I was like, we'll have definitely done this topic and we haven't. So it, so it was a really good suggestion. So please keep all of your suggestions coming because even if we can't do a podcast on them, sometimes there's other resources we can create. Sometimes there are things that we know from other people. So I love getting those requests. I always find them really useful. So one-to-ones, we thought we'd start with some of the basics, so just some useful things to think about as part of one-to-ones, and then we're going to talk about three more specific ideas for action that we think might help you with your one-to-ones. So the first thing is think a bit about the why, the who, and the when, and the what. So I'm going to do the why, the who, and the when, and then Helen's going to talk about the what. So the first thing on the why is be really clear about the purpose of your one-to-ones. Are they task focused, but sometimes you switch them to be more development focused, so more about you and your career? Or are your one-to-ones much more about your day-to-day and you have separate development conversations? I've worked in organisations and I've seen this happen in lots of different ways. I think the most important thing is to not to try to do two things at once. I think if you try to do a one-to-one, which is a bit about the day-to-day, so a bit about priorities, the tasks, more about kind of the challenges of getting your job done and achieving your objectives and at the same time try and have a career conversation. I'm sure I've done this as a manager. The last question you ask is like, oh yeah, and how's everything going generally? You know, that kind of, I've definitely, I've definitely, yeah, even yeah, saying I've that, I'm like, that I've definitely too. asked that question. Like, oh, I've got a few minutes left, I can ask that big yeah, question. Yeah, and it's, and I think then that ends up reducing the quality of both conversations So personally, I prefer it when one-to-ones are about the day-to-day, about achieving your objectives, about priorities and progress and overcoming immediate challenges. And I like having separate, bigger career conversations that are about development because also I think they're often longer conversations. I think you approach those conversations with a different mindset. But I have also seen them kind of switched back and forth where sometimes you'll use them for that and sometimes you'll use them as a career conversation. But I think in my head I find the separation and being quite single-minded quite helpful. Um, do you want to hear something cringeworthy I thought oh. about when I was when I was reflecting on this on point? <laughs> is it a one to do or a one to you? And that is, she hates that is me awful. right now. She hate, I know. Hence why I didn't put it in our <laughs> notes, but it's still in my head. What was but, it? A one to, one to one or one to you? No, a one to do. Oh, okay. I, it's more about tasks. So okay. say I'm going to have a one to do with you. Or a one to you, which is more about like me and my development. It's just a framing, like... Yeah, if even you start I saying that to me, I'm going to leave you. Sarah, Sarah will never, <laughs> ever have a meeting with me again. But it is a framing about whether it's more about the do or you. The other thing I was thinking, Sarah, when you were saying that, is we haven't put this in here as a where you have the meeting. But actually, if I was just framing, just hold it for a second, if I was framing it as a one to do versus a one to you, I would probably do those in different places. Yeah. Like I could do a one to do quite quickly, like a half an hour in my diary, at my desk, Sarah, there's a couple of things I need to talk about to kind of progress with you, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if it was a more of a about me and my development, I probably would do that in a different place and, a, and also a different time of the day. I would think mm. much more consciously about when am I going to get your attention and when am I going to have 
enough time to talk this through be in the right headspace so we haven't really put sort of aware into it but I almost think the physical place could be affected by what the focus of that one-to-one needs to be on. Yeah and there's an interesting thought about with hybrid working and with so many people still working virtually I would never have a I'm still going to call it one-to-one because I can't say the alternatives out loud I would never have a one-to-one with you when we do those kind of more task orientated conversations out and about because I feel like I need to I'm usually writing stuff down. I might be referring to documents. But if I was going to have more of a career conversation, I'd go for a walk and do that, definitely. I sort of feel like I don't necessarily need to be writing things down or I might I might walk for a bit of it or I could easily be sitting in a coffee shop. And we, we, we also sort of have what I would call more problematic discussions. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we in, had one of those. I was at a train station last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but generally I think we do those more at the end of a day. You know, mm. like when we're trying, when there's something on our minds, that yeah. it's, it's not, it's not tasky. It's like, it's just a problem we're both grappling with. And we will tend to talk that through towards the end of the day. I think so. It feels like you've got a little bit of closure before you start on the next thing, or it's like the last thing that you talk about. I don't know why we do it, but I think that yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah. Kind of the trying to, you know, we talked before about the stress bucket of like when your stress gets too high, it then kind of goes, it's um, an idea from mental health uh, training. And I think one of the things that you can do to release the stress if your stress bucket is getting too high is have conversations towards the end of a day. I think that is actually one of the things that helps me and you go, oh, it just releases a bit of the pressure somehow. So that's the why. The who, it's really interesting. I was doing a bit of reading and looking at some articles on one-to-ones last week. So many of them focus on managers, managers and leaders and and almost their role and the importance of one-to-ones. Whereas I have always learned, this has actually been very consistent over a long period of time in my career, you are in charge of your one-to-ones, not your manager. And that was almost like 101 for me, like you, these are your conversations, so it's up to you to prepare for them, to set the agenda, to make sure you get the most out of them. I mean, I think you could argue that I sometimes took that too far. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone who's listened to our, I'm not sure what the episode was called, about managers, how to be a brilliant manager, I think it is, where we interviewed two of our previous managers, Sarah and James. I mean, Sarah actually told a few stories in that that podcast about having one-to-ones with me. And I think me turning I think I got off quite lightly. You got off with a, there was a a few little laughs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I turned up having probably thought about it a bit too much and then prepared with all these like, probably slightly too deep and meaningful questions for Sarah, my previous boss, who was then sort of put on the spot going, oh, wow, I've just been asked about my preferred ways of working and, you know, the regularity of these one-to-ones, I probably really thought about this. But I do think it is really important that your one-to-ones sort of belong to you and you are figuring out how can they be most helpful for you to achieve your objectives, to do your job really well. And your manager is a really important person as part of that process, but I, I don't think it's their job to come and sort of tell you what to talk about. I also know it is a challenge that sometimes you might have a manager that does think it's their time. And I appreciate that's a different challenge to kind of navigate your way through. So if Helen's my manager and Helen turns up and starts the conversation saying, well, I want to talk about this, that can be quite a hard transition if you're then thinking, well, I've got something, Helen wants to talk about topic A, I want to talk about topic D, but Helen's my manager and in that position of power and starts in a very different place. So when we get to the ideas for action, we'll talk a bit about what happens if you feel like your manager sort of wants to be in charge of those one-to-ones, which also I've got some empathy with. I think if you're you're like me and you like control and you sort of like being in charge, you might be doing that without even necessarily realising it. You might have the best intentions, but perhaps you feel like actually you're the one sort of setting the agenda, whereas I do think it should be you in terms of your job. You set the agenda. And then final point on the when, before we start moving into the what, 
I don't think there is a rule for frequency. And I asked our Pod Plus workshop people last week what frequency works for them and what do they all do? Because I thought it would just be interesting. And there were a few things that popped up that I really liked. One guy um, who is a manager, what he said he does, and I, I liked this approach, he said he keeps his Wednesday mornings free and that's like 100% protected time and his people can book a one-to-one as and when they need it. So he said, sometimes I might see someone every week for six weeks. Sometimes I might see someone once a month for a couple of months and then that regularity can increase. So I think that really puts the ownership with the individual to say, well, you tell me how regularly you want to have those conversations and how I can be useful, but you'd feel confident in there is always that time there for me. That really appealed to me because I sort of think what I look for from a manager is I want loads of space, but I want to know that the support is there when I need it. So I think what he's done by carving out that moment in a week is I always think if Helen told me that, I'd be like, oh, well, I always know I've got that Wednesday morning, but I'll just use it as and when I need it. And then I sort of have got all the space that I need. So I thought that was a good idea. I know some people who were mentioning in Pod Plus now, which I also thought was good, they're doing 15-minute ones, so keeping them also really short. So they're every week or they're maybe even twice a week because perhaps you've got a really intense project or you're working together a lot, but they're short and they're very focused. So trying to break that mould of thinking a meeting has to be 30 minutes or a meeting yes, has to be an hour. Yeah. I really liked that. They were like, oh, we just do these 15 minutes and it's like there might only be one point the agenda is one point. And I was like, oh, that's really good. I like, I liked how focused that was. And then some people had like complete freedom. They were just like, oh, we just do it as and when. And I felt a bit less comfortable with that. But I think that's because I'm someone who is not very spontaneous generally. Like I'm not very spontaneous in terms of as a manager or how I like to be managed. And so I think just the idea of going, oh, like we'll just sort of be free and easy. I'm like, oh, there's not enough freedom within a framework for me there. What about you, Helen? I quite like having them regularly in my diary. Like I said, I don't think that works for everybody, but I do quite like, because in my mind, or as we'll talk about with what in a second, I think I will have something like Microsoft Teams and I'll capture things that I want to talk about mm. in that, in that sort of meeting and I'll know that that's when it's going to happen. I do think, though, if you have one-to-ones, like on a Monday, you need longer for them than if you do on a Thursday because if it's a Monday, you kind of have to talk about the weekend. You can't just ignore <laughs> that someone has had, like, two days where they've done some nice stuff with their friends and family and go straight to work. So I think you have to sort of bake in maybe, like, an extra 10 minutes of catch-up chat to be like, oh, what's gone on? Because when I've had them before, otherwise you just rush through everything and you feel like, oh, that hasn't been a good meeting because in order to have a chat with someone on a human level, I then haven't got through all the things that I need to talk about from a work perspective as well. So I tend to go a bit longer for the first meeting of the week. Yeah, that's interesting as well in terms of that's probably a good thing because you're you're building a bit of a relationship with someone outside of the day-to-day. But as the week goes on, you probably everybody's so in work mode by that point, it just get a bit more transactional. It sometimes might be a bit based on also how well do you know that person. So mm. if you're getting to know somebody... I would always be quite keen to understand some of that stuff because you go, well, that's other things that are important to someone. If it's you and I, I mean, people might listen to podcasts. I mean, we can be incredibly transactional (laughs) at times when we really need to be, but that's because we know each other so well and we've known each other for so long. We don't really need to do the relationship building. So I do imagine like maybe, well, because we don't do this, we'll have like at some point the podcast will just stop. And everyone will be like, what happened? It's because they... Oh, you think there's going to be some crisis? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because, like, you know, they, they forgot to ask each other how they were actually doing. And, and they just got <laughs> they just got so into making podcasts and writing books and stuff. And that was it. That was the end of 
of Amazing If. It won't happen. But it, I did it, say that. Daunting. <laughs> on a Monday, especially given we are recording this very early on a Monday morning. So that's the one. But I think being agreeing that with your manager, I think the point on lots of things we're going to talk about today is being explicit and transparent. So knowing exactly how they're going to work. So if we think about what we've talked about so far, the why, the who and the when, actually writing down or having that very explicit conversation where we sort of go, well, this is the why of the one-to-ones. Are you doing that mixed thing of tasks and development or are you separating them out? Being clear with your manager that you will set that agenda and figure out like how's that going to work together. You know, your manager might also have some things they want to talk about. So how do you understand that and, and what might you do for that? And then agreeing that frequency so that there's nothing that kind of goes unsaid. You know, sometimes I do think we we all have positive intent, I believe, most of the time. But then I can easily imagine a point where you might get some feedback as a manager or as an employee saying, oh, well, I feel like you don't really prepare for them. And then you might think, well, oh, well, I thought my manager wanted to be in charge of those conversations. So I think don't let things go unsaid when we're going about one-to-ones. This is where we do want to be. We want clarity. We want to be really clear. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So let's talk about the what then. I mean, and ultimately what you discuss is going to be very dependent on what job you do, where you work and, and what's on your mind. But a framework to maybe think about structuring your one-to-one conversation. So the first thing is discuss. What are the things that you want to discuss with your manager? And the reason it's discuss is this isn't just update. And I fall into this trap where you kind of just, you go to one-to-one, maybe you've not had a chance to prepare. So you basically just look at your notebook and go, oh, what can I update my manager on that I've been doing? And that's not really the best use of your time or their time. That's the sort of thing you could probably do over email or on Teams. It could have happened before the meeting. It doesn't need to happen in the meeting. You're just not getting the most out of that conversation. So really think about what what would be better if I talk to my manager about it because they could give me some insight or ideas or challenge my thinking. That's the sort of things you really want to have. Think discussion, not update. 
The second thing for your structure is what needs to be decided. What can you not go away from that one-to-one not knowing? You need to decide who needs to be in a meeting that you're running. You need to decide a date when a project needs to be delivered, or you need to decide what input you need from somebody into a conversation you're having with a stakeholder. Whatever it is, go into it with clarity and you'll come out of it with what you need. And you can also be very specific about that to your manager. I also think on that one, Helen... The mistake that I've made a lot in the past on the decide is I would be clear about the decisions that I needed and, and what was important, but that wasn't where I started. So maybe because it was difficult, so it was a, it was a more difficult conversation, or I, I was maybe a bit more nervous about what they might say. I think sometimes that meant that I put it off and did that whole the last five minutes thing. And in the last five minutes, I was actually talking about the thing that was the most important or because I just not thought about it enough. You've either been a bit lazy or I just not taken the time to think, if I talk about nothing else, what needs to go first? And I'll talk about it later, but I then worked for a manager where almost the environment we were working in and the style of her management forced me to do this because I never quite knew whether I was going to get five minutes with her or 45 minutes. And it was so unpredictable. So it almost taught me by kind of accident more than design going, I've got to be really clear about what's the one thing I need from her because we might only have seven minutes. And at least if I do that one thing, I'm in a better position. But I think you don't need that to happen to you to realise that talk about the most important thing first. So you've got to discuss, you've got to decide. And the last thing is do. And that's really more about how you conclude the conversation. And it's sort of, you know, what am I taking away or what are you taking away from it? And I find this really, really important because otherwise you, you discuss loads of stuff, you decide on what's going to be done and then you you come back together a week or two weeks later and you're like, oh, what we are we so about? rubbish at this, aren't we? We are really rubbish at this. But two things I think help here. Oh yeah, the we actually first, start doing these things then. Yeah, I think so. So the, I think we sort of do it, but not consistently. So we primarily use Teams for like the behind the scenes working, Microsoft Teams for the behind the scenes working of our business. Um, but there are lots of other platforms that are equally as good. But I think if you put on that before your meeting, the discuss and decide, like what are the things that I want to discuss with you? What do we need to decide in the meeting? Then the other person can A, get a bit of a heads up to it. So they're coming to it and they're not taken aback. But also they can maybe think about it in advance or, you know, they could put some comments on before the meeting. And then if you also have do, then in the meeting, just before you go, you can summarise, okay, so the three things that I'm going to do are, and the one thing that you're going to do is, and you can kind of quickly put that in the notes of the meeting. And I don't want to make it too structured or formal because I think having an agenda for every you know having meeting notes for every one-to-one probably seems a bit overkill but if you can just capture a couple of the do's that you're taking away the other person is it makes it so much easier to sort of make sure that you're making progress and my only other tip for this if that just feels like I'm going from my one-to-one into another meeting and I haven't got time to do the do bit then the only other thing that I use is otter which I've mentioned before which is a free app, and I would just voice record me saying, I listen back to them and I'm basically just talking to myself, but I just voice record, Sarah's going to blah, 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 I am going to blah, 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 catch up on it next week. And it takes me like 30 seconds to do that. And it even puts it into like a transcription. So if you wanted to, you can just copy and stick that into the email or like for us, it would be like a Teams post or something like that. But just capturing that do is a really important part of closing that conversation with clarity. Yeah, I feel like this is one of my biggest, even better ifs when it comes to one-to-ones. It's quite interesting to think about, not just thinking about even better ifs generally, but like, what is your even better if when it comes to one-to-ones? I think I have so much clarity in the conversation. (laughs) And then 24 hours later, I'm not very good at 
remembering the ins and outs. And because I'm the opposite of like a completer finisher as a profile, I'm much more of a I'm good at coming up with ideas and developing things. And then I've yeah, you know, I'm good at making decisions. I, I, I like to make decisions. But then the problem is I just I don't quite do that last 10 percent. And I think that last 10 percent is then so important. And I can think of examples, loads of examples this year where because I don't do this, you then end up having to repeat the conversation, which mm. is such a waste of time. And it's so frustrating. I'm frustrated about myself. So I think it's you've got to come up with those those small little mechanisms that Helen described that work for you so that all of your hard work isn't wasted. That's what I keep telling myself is, I think the reason I don't want to do it is because in that moment, I don't find it very motivating. Oh, I don't want to write down the things. I'm really I'm really clear in my own head. But then I've got to remember, yes, but I won't be clear in 24 hours and don't waste this hard work. So just like, literally take five minutes and write these things down. And it is, it's worth its weight in gold. But if you're like me, I, I do find that I find that hard. That's probably the hardest thing about one-to-ones for me. So we've got do discuss, do decide and do write down your do's. <laughs> and then one big don't, which is don't overload the conversation with too many things. Because particularly if these one-to-ones aren't happening that frequently, or maybe you've just got an awful lot on at the moment, it can be really easy to bring so many different parts of that discussion to the conversation, which can be quite overwhelming for the manager, overwhelming for you. You've got an overwhelming amount of actions that come out of it. I think it is better if that's where you are right now, have more frequent one-to-ones, have a daily one-to-one that week and just focus on one particular thing that you need to make progress on. Or I think you lose some of the clarity and almost you end up with quite a lot of confusion because you're just covering too many things in one conversation. So just if it's feeling like that list of things that you want to discuss and decide is a mammoth amount, then you're probably better to have a couple of one-to-ones that week rather than throw it all into one 30-minute conversation. Yeah, and somebody I worked with once shared a structure that they often, they were actually the manager and leader of the team, and they would suggest to their team a structure with headings which were people, projects, priorities, and progress. And the point wasn't that you had to talk through all of those things. The point was it just gives you a bit of a framework to figure out, well, which of those is most important to talk about today. So is it progress on project A or is it I'm struggling with my priorities or is it there's a barrier on this particular project or is there a people challenge but it just helped to figure out which direction do you want to go first and you might have some well if we have time I might get to these extra bullet points but if we don't it's kind of not a big deal and that was the other thing a few people shared with me in pod plus last week quite a few people had come up with some sort of consistent structure either for themselves or as a manager that they were suggesting to their teams and again that's not to say it's a tick list of things you have to talk through it was just to sort of help with the where shall I start and just as a way to bring all your thoughts together so if that's helpful use something a bit like that or just come up with your own one and experiment with different ways of doing it. So we've now got three ideas for action which are a bit more of a deep dive into making one-to-ones work well for you. So I'm going to start by talking about the first one, which we've called Model Your Manager. As we've said, we think it's really important that you own your one-to-ones. And I think at the same time that you adapt enough to reflect how to work best with your manager. And in my experience, I was actually trying to count up how many managers I've had in my career so far. Um, It's quite quite an interesting question, but I was thinking it's at least 10, I think, if not probably slightly more. But when I was thinking about each working with each of those managers and my one-to-ones with those managers, even though I think I always took ownership for those one-to-ones, I did need to just think a little bit about, well, what works best for this manager in terms of how we work together? 
So just to explain that a bit further. So if I think about Helen being my manager, for example, I know that with Helen, because I know her well, we've worked together a lot, I could come to a one-to-one with Helen and she's very good on the spot. So I would feel okay about spontaneously discussing something with her that perhaps she didn't know I was going to chat about. It doesn't mean that she might still not want to some more time to think something through. But if I said to her, oh, I'm a bit stuck on this or have you got any ideas on this? I know that Helen would be really happy to just give her thoughts and would make decisions quickly. However, if Helen was having a conversation with me, then I know I'm not as good on the spot. I'm really good with an agenda beforehand. I like to think things through and then I'm good at making decisions on the spot, but often not if I've been put on the spot in the first place. And as I mentioned before, I have worked for some managers who are incredibly structured. I've worked for other managers who were incredibly frantic through kind of the nature as well of what they were doing. And that manager that I talked about where sometimes because of the nature of her job, she would get phone calls from our CEO or journalists. And it did mean that our one-to-ones were frequently interrupted, that sometimes they would last five minutes, sometimes if she got loads of time, they could easily last 55 minutes, even though they'd maybe only been in for half an hour. And initially, I found that quite hard, I think because I'm structured. And I was working with someone who got a very different personality to me and a very different approach. But those one to ones worked much better when I thought about, well, how do I adapt enough to make sure that this is still really useful time for me for what I'm trying to achieve. So I think when we say model your manager, we're not saying you've got to kind of lose your sense of ownership. But I think it's thinking about, well, how does your manager like to work? You know, what does your manager at their best look like? How can you almost build a brilliant relationship with your manager? Thinking about some of those bigger questions and then think about, and then what does that mean for my one-to-ones? What about you, Helen? Do you, have you, do you feel like each of your managers, you've had different one-to-one sort of styles? Yeah, I was thinking when you were saying that, I was trying to not get, you know, get too distracted because I was counting them in my head. <laughs> I think I've had about 20 managers. But also, think about when we were on that like, Boots grad scheme, we, that, we would have popped oh, up true. four yeah, on that actually. then. I was going yeah. through them. So yeah. yeah, and I was thinking, God, what have I learned from all the one-to-ones with all those different managers? Yeah, I think I have definitely, definitely adapted. I realised that there were certain managers who were so distracted by the people in the room that I would have to, if I wanted to have a high quality one-to-one, I'd have to have it in a place where there weren't people that they could see so that I could actually have their attention on me and what I wanted to discuss. Whereas some of the people I could have a one-to-one in a really open space and they'd be fine. They'd be like fully present with me. And so, yeah, I think I've had to design the what, the where and the when all around that manager to have the conversation I needed to have. It does now make you think, doesn't it? At that point where I started to manage teams and manage more people, were they all thinking that about yeah. you? You know, when you, it's sort <laughs> yeah. of that like quit pro quo, isn't there? Like I obviously worked, we both probably worked really hard to do that. And then you're like, oh, I wonder if other people were thinking the same and sort of thinking, right, well, Sarah's quite organised and quite structured. So I need to, you know, think about the agendas beforehand and what decisions I want from her. And she's inevitable. You do realise that people we have managed are probably listening to this podcast <laughs> and being like, oh. I mean, you two did not put that into practice. <laughs> I know. Imagine, well, we were saying before this conversation, weren't we, that we don't think we always still do this all the time. Well, obviously, no. we're, we're presenting well, a perfect world here, which is a good aspiration to work yeah. work towards. We're, we're all work in progress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the second idea for action is to know your need. And this is really about making sure that your one-to-one leaves you with the clarity that you need and the capability to progress your work. You know, this isn't about what does your manager need from you. This is about what do you need from your manager? Do you need some input from them on a project you're working on? Do you need some ideas to unlock your thinking? Do you need to be introduced to a different person in the business to help you move something forward? Go 
go with that in mind and make sure that you confidently ask them for what you need. So you might say, I'd like to get your input on or I would value an introduction to. This gives you a lot more control over that conversation and it makes sure that you get what you need to move forward. I also think going with knowing what you need in mind stops you kind of falling into that slightly subservient trap of this is my big successful manager and I need to do what they want me to do. I think it makes it sort of neutralizes that a little bit and thinks what do I need? That person is in a they are in a position of power versus you they've got certain power certain access that you might not have they'll be part of certain conversations and have certain connections that you might not have and it's thinking about well how do I tap into that through the relationship that I've got with that person I was thinking about that point of if your conversations feel out of your control at the moment what do you do so let's say Helen's my manager and I'm coming to a meeting thinking well I know this is what I need help on I need help on prioritizing I feel I've got too much to do I need my manager's help with prioritizing And then if your manager feels like they have the control and let's say they're starting in a completely different place and you feel like they're derailing those conversations, because let's face it, we've all had those managers, right, where you're like, even if you want to be in control, you feel like that's not an option. I think one of the things that you can do is signal to your manager that it's absolutely fine if they want to talk about something different or if something else is on their mind, but signal early on that that's the thing that you need. And it might then be two conversations. And I think that's okay because you want to have enough flexibility in your approach. So I think if then I said to Helen, I really need some help prioritising, that's top of mind. But Helen's already started off going, I want to talk about this project and the relationships we need to build. I think you can say, okay, well, so today, if that's on your mind, let's talk about those relationships. But the thing that I also really need some help on is some prioritizing so can we either do half the conversation on one and half the conversation on the other if you can do that if you can split the conversation too so you can sort of give both of you the opportunity to talk through what's most important to you or you say and can we have a follow-up conversation on that other thing so I think it's not about going necessarily always either or because I think there will be moments and managers where you just feel like they are more in control of those conversations than you are and I think it's sort of and maybe this is not a very nice way of thinking about it, but I do think about how can you claw back a bit of control? How can you just signal like there are some things on your list that are really important? And even if you split that conversation in half or if you do two conversations, just ways so that your manager can start to say, oh, okay, well, they've thought about this. And then it just means that that kind of power dynamic, I think, changes a bit over time. It might not be immediately, but I think each week feeling like you've got a bit more ownership can be quite useful. And then our third idea for action, which is a bit of borrowed brilliance from our Pod Plus community, is to start with a win, and then I've built on it a little bit, start with a win and why. So not necessarily for every one-to-one, but I think it is good to start conversations with your manager some of the time by sharing a win and why something has gone well, so that you can learn from it, your manager can learn, but also your team can learn. And the reason for doing this is I think, Sometimes we assume that our managers know these things and that they not only know them, but remember them. But managers, like all of us, are also pulled in lots of different directions and are doing loads of different things. They've also got their own manager to manage. I think that's also worth remembering. Like Every manager also has a manager. <laughs> so we're all, we're all trying to do this. And I think it can be useful every so often, especially if it's something that is either important to you or perhaps You've had to do a lot of hard work behind the scenes to make something happen that, again, might be harder to appreciate. You know, that kind of iceberg analogy of like someone might just see a win and they might just think 
it's a bit like a few people have said to us, oh, that's great. You've had that first article in Harvard Business Review. So we had an article a few weeks ago published in Harvard Business Review. And on the surface, you just see the bit that people see is, oh, brilliant. You've got a really useful article we talked about the other week about being a learner tool, unlearning, relearning. When people have chatted to me about that, I've often talked about it's a really important win for us. And here are some of the reasons why that's important and how we got to that point, because it's a lot of work, not just in the last month, but in the last year. It's about building brilliant relationships. It's about reading other articles to see what works well. It's about editing. It was about writing together. And so sometimes for those moments where people might just see almost like the shininess above the surface, it's worth just thinking about, well, why did that go so well? But also reminding your manager that's a really important win. Maybe it's... um a relationship that your team has turned around. Maybe it's just a small win, but you feel like it's going to give you really positive momentum for lots of other things that really matter to the team. And we don't want to just collect all of our wins and wait for like an end of year conversation or a quarterly review, partly because I think you forget them. Whereas actually, if we talk about them a bit more in the moment, we've talked before on the podcast about things like very small successes or doing win of the week as a team. We've started doing win of the week as an amazing if team probably for the past maybe couple of months and we do it every Friday. I can now remember both my own wins but also other people's wins. They're much more memorable. I would never would have remembered them if you'd have had to do an end of year review but I can now share like what wins have we had together, what wins have individuals had just because we've got into a bit more of a routine of just talking about them more consistently And what's interesting is people do tend to share the why. You don't just go, this is great. You often do share a bit more detail that gives you some really useful insights that you can learn from, but also your team can learn from. And that why also, I think, is a signal into why that win matters to them. Mm. And in that is often some clues as to what people's values are. And that is such, such a useful insight into what motivates and drives people for teams to have that insight. So what we wanted to end on is uh, just a little bit here for managers, because what we've talked about so far is how do you go to your one-to-one and make sure that you get out of it what you need. But there are likely to be lots of managers listening to this. So we just wanted to kind of flip to you for a second and think about how do you ask questions that can really help to create a valuable one-to-one for that other person. So here are six useful questions for managers to ask in one-to-ones. I'm just going to talk them through, but these will also be on the pod sheet um, that you can download from today's episode. And if you want the link to the pod sheet just go into the show notes so question number one how can I help question number two what's the biggest barrier getting in your way three what's most important for you in the next week and the next month four how are you feeling about how you're spending your time five what's one relationship you want to invest in or improve at the moment and six What does positive progress look like for you this week? Those questions are all designed to just help someone think through and share something that is important to them. You don't need to ask all of them in one conversation. That'll probably be quite a long one. But maybe just start thinking about which one of these am I going to ask in my one-to-one today and see what insight that you get out of that conversation. And I guess just a final note for managers on this one. We know that diaries are really busy and lots of stuff can come in the way and move your diaries around, but just be really careful about rescheduling your one-to-ones because it really starts to impact on the perceived prioritization of those meetings. And if you do need to do it, maybe just talk through to the person like why it's happening so that they can understand that you're not just moving it without any context for them because you don't want them to feel like they're the lowest thing on your agenda. And so just be careful of it, the signals and signs that it sets for that person if you keep moving 
turning them around or shortening them or just cancelling them at short notice. So that's everything for this week. We hope you found that a useful episode. We did just also want to say thank you for a couple of people recently have left us ratings and reviews for the podcast. And often we forget to say about it, but partly I think anyone who listens to podcasts now knows that if you rate, review and subscribe, it really helps us. So when people do that spontaneously, we really appreciate it. And and it's so nice to read those. We've had people from loads of different industries writing in, People who've some people who've just discovered the podcast. And I always think that must be really overwhelming. I've just discovered it and now there's 250 episodes or whatever there is now um or some people who've been listening since the start and then they suddenly just think oh yeah i'll work out how to do a review so if you have done that thank you and if it's been on your list or you think oh i didn't i didn't realize that mattered it's really helpful for us and also we read everyone and we get a little update every week we get an email with any new reviews and it's often the little thing that we screenshot to each other over whatsapp and say oh look people do listen it's not just (laughs) it's not just you and i talking to each other really early on a monday morning um it is helpful for people so thank you to everyone who does that thank you everybody we'll be back with you next week speak to you all soon bye for now planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.